0: Hey, it's an honor to have you. My name is Susie, and I have the immense privilege to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. And I want to welcome you, whether you're watching first service, second service, watching on YouTube, one of the VODs, or even listening on our various Spotify or podcast platforms. Say thanks for being a part of our church. We've dedicated our, our lives, our mission to connect gamers to God by meeting them right where they are. So wherever, whatever platform you're watching, we're glad to get a chance to connect with you and be able to share the story of Jesus with you. Hey, before we dive into our God Talk message, you're going to see some lovely people get brought on screen. Hey, I want to give you guys an update on something coming at the end of the year, Take, uh, at the end of the year, end of the year. Take out your calendars, whether you like to do physical or whether you like to put it in your phone, whatever it might be, mark these dates down, December 6th through the 10th. Waymaker Week is coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead and put a hashtag Waymaker Week. If you guys are relatively new, have not heard what we do. We do Waymaker Week once a year and we center our hearts and our minds around God. What is the vision you want to accomplish in the next year ahead? And here's the deal. Our lead team is currently praying and seeking God and God asking God to give us vision about God. What do you want to accomplish in the gaming community through our church in 2022. So here's the deal. We're going to have those dates, Waymaker Week, December 6th through the 10th. And that is going to be an opportunity for all of us as a community, not only to just be praying, not only to just have a ton of fun, but to sacrifice and be praying. We're giving you two months in advance. We've gotten great feedback that people wish they knew was coming sooner. And so here is that sooner. Opportunity for us to really put something practical to it. Okay, God, during this week of financial giving to support the vision of what God wants to do in 2022 through God Squad Church, be praying. God, what is my gift going to look like? What is my sacrifice going to look like? But here's the deal: if you're not already regular giving, don't wait until December 6. God's calling you to start right now. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna funnel our focus around that one week of fundraising. And here's the deal: I don't want Waymaker Week just to be a fundraiser. I want it to be a faith raiser, asking God to do more than we could ever imagine, think or ask him and say, God, do what we didn't think you could do and show us how wrong we are by coming through to be faithful. So I want to invite you Waymaker Week, December 6th through the 10th, put it in your calendar again on the phone, on the calendar. You know what? Just go ahead and put it in both people, all right? Make sure you're there. It's going to be a great time. Well, friends, if you haven't been with us the past few weeks, we've been in a series entitled Breathing Room talking all about asking God and studying the life of Jesus. God. what does it look like to actually accomplish our purpose in life, but without always being busy, without always being stressed, and actually having time to breathe? And so the past five weeks, we've talked about what that looks like in our data schedules, what it looks like in our relationships. We've wrapped up the last two weeks talking about what does that look like to have breathing room in our finances and what we love to do a few times a year here at God Squad Church, especially at the end of some of our longer series, is we love to do what's called God Talk, where we give you guys an opportunity to ask some real practical questions about this series that we have just gone through. And that's what we're doing today. Some of you have sent in questions and we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna really make the Bible practical. We're gonna help you understand how do we apply this to our day-to-day lives, but I'm not gonna be alone, friends. Right now on the screen, joining me is the lovely lead team. Come on, let's get the beautiful faces up there. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Friends, I want to introduce you to our amazing lead team. You will see to my right, the lovely Daylight. He is our leadership development pastor. Below me, you see the lovely Mama Higgs, our family pastor. And on the bottom right, you got GS the amazing community care pastor. And what you're seeing on screen is actually a few members of our lead team. You do not see Amanda because she is actually behind the computer. Give that uh, computer, give some hollows in the chat for Amanda. And the five of us together make up the lead team here at God Squad Church. And if you're unfamiliar with that terminology, really the five of us carry that equal direction of leading God Squad Church. We just really believe that through studying the Bible and our experience in ministry, that mean leadership is better when it's done together it's better when there's accountability. It's better when there's trust. And it's better when you get more people around the table to seek God and say, God, what do you want us to do next? And so our lead team is honored to serve this church. We love you. If we've never got a chance to meet you, come in Discord at the church. We would love to talk with you. But here's the deal. We've got some questions that some of you guys have sent into the community under the topic breathing room. Now, friends, are y'all ready to dive right in? Y'all feeling good? I'm feeling good. You're feeling good? Well, you're feeling kind of good. I need some hype. We got some energy. Y'all feeling good today? Still
1: trying to figure out what a commuter is. Commuter? That's a (laughs) commuter.
0: I might have. Sometimes I potato. All right, friends. We're diving into question number one, a topic that is brought up on the topic of breathing room. If I'm always busy and I don't have room to breathe, does that mean I'm living in sin? We talked about the idea of obviously God wants us to have breathing room, But if we don't have breathing room, does that mean we're actually living in sin? What do you guys think?
2: I think like my perspective of this question is pretty interesting because I think that you need to take a step back and stop looking at the exact idea, right? Like if I'm always busy and don't have enough uh, room to breathe, does that mean I'm living in sin? And so you have to take a step back and look at like, what is God trying to do with our relationships? What is he trying to do with the relationship between me and him? Yeah. And a lot of what God is doing is he's trying to create a better life for you. Yeah. You know, even your life on this earth, it matters. You know, we we definitely are heavenly beings. We're eternal beings. But he didn't create this place for no reason. And so, yeah, there's some baggage that comes along with living on earth, right? And the 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 idea of sin. And so... But there's some things in the Bible where it's just better for us to be. It's better for us to be experiencing. It's better for us to be living in. And so I don't think you're (laughs) sinning if you're not creating breathing room, but you're just going to have a really difficult time. And so you're you're not going to live up to the fullest potential of what God has for you. And there's so many things in the Bible, and I'm sure we're going to cover some other things today, that will hit on those points that it's not sin, but you're just really putting like a weight vest on and anybody who watches anime. I, I love the, where, where oh, I think it's Rock Lee. He, he drops the weights off of him from Naruto. He drops the weights off of him and they're like, Oh my goodness. Like, and he just frees himself up. It's taking the weight vest off to be free, to live up to the best of your potential. Yeah, And that's what God wants for you. And so hmm. you're just hindering yourself, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think two things that come to mind when I think of this question are one, the word, first word is always, if I'm, Always busy. 100% of the time. And we're going to touch on this in multiple questions throughout the day. But I think that word always is important. Like, does God always want me to be super busy and always like on the grind? There really is some things are only meant to happen for a season. Like the word always, anything done in extremes, one hundred percent of the time, that normally is not going to be very, very well for you. So I think one, looking at the word always, like if you're busy for a season, like you just start a new job, doing a little bit more traveling, like no, like no, you're not living in sin. And that's the second part of the question, like is it actually sin, right? Because this is this is the question that people are wondering, like is it just like not ideal, or is it a sin against a holy God, right? Like there's the two are the two are a little bit different. And I know lo- a lot of people start throwing around the idea of like the Sabbath. Right. Obey the Sabbath and on the weekends what is the Sabbath Saturday or is it Sunday? Like if, if you don't know the biblical context of Sabbath, like there is a there is a day in the Old Testament where there was one day that they were supposed to observe as a day of rest. And it was a law of God. It was meant to be followed. It was a command. And when you have a hard, strict rule, right, breaking that rule is bad. But as we understand New Testament Christianity, where Jesus gave us a new covenant, the rules have changed. We're not following laws because we have to. We're following laws as an act of our worship to God. And so really the idea of rest and Sabbath and like one day and having free time, like all that actually changes that we're not actually no longer finding our rest in a day or following a rule. We're finding our rest in being with Jesus. Mm. And so the reality is just like Pastor TJ said, like, no, it's, it's not a sin to not rest. But like, why wouldn't you? (laughs) It's like, no, you know, it's not a sin for you to only eat like fast food for every meal. But if you do, your life will not be performing an optimal performance. And that's what God wants for you to live life and life to the fullest. So is it a sin? No. Is it ideal? No. And so it's really, really about really, how can I do my best to align myself with not only just the commands that God has given me, but also the recommendations, God's like, your life would be better if you do this, and it would really be to our benefit to, to, to listen, because he knows what's best, 100%.
2: So, so drop off the weights, whether it's the Dragon Ball Z weights or the Rock Lee, Lee, Lee weights, you know what I mean? Whatever <laughs> it's it <trouble>. is. <laughs> 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 yeah, so
0: All right, diving into question number two. How can I make breathing room in my schedule to make time to pray? And how much time should I be spending in prayer? What do you guys think?
3: Yeah, something uh, that I always love to do is I like to look at role models, right? Role models, uh, you know, uh, positive role models, huh? not negative ones, right? And the most positive role model we have is Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus, he had a pretty busy schedule, schedule, right? He's got a blind guy to to heal over here. He's got this over here. He's doing all these different things, yet he always found time to pray. And so I want to read for you guys. It comes from Luke chapter 5, verse 16, and it says this, But Jesus himself would often— not sometimes, not every once in a while, he would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Now the wilderness would be a place where Jesus would essentially go into a place of solitude, right? We always talk about doing life together and I'm not saying that we can't, that we, we, yes, we need to do life together, but sometimes we just need to be alone with God and rest in his presence and go alone uh, with him and pray. And that's what G- we see Jesus doing so often. But because our lives are so busy, there's so many times that we're like, ah, I don't know if I have time to pray today. I don't know if if I have time to spend time with God. I think that scheduling a time with God every single day, scheduling a portion of your day to spend with God is so essential to your life with him and yeah. to your relationship with him. I think it's it's huge. And a lot of people, they'll ask me, well, how much how much is enough, right? Hey, how how much of the Bible should I read per day? How much how much time should I spend with God? How much should I be praying? Should I be praying like this, like that? And here would be my answer to that. It's not about a specific amount of time that you need to pray. It's not like, hey, 30 minutes is the magical number or, or five minutes or two hours. There's not a magic number. But I would say this. Spend time in prayer until you truly meet with God. Until a point where you're feeling that the Holy Spirit is really filling you up in the inside, that you're feeling energized. But here's the thing. You're actually going to have to, once you meet with God, you're actually going to have to drag yourself away because you have (laughs) responsibilities. I have the dishes to do because my wife has asked me to do them. I have this to do because, you know, I have a job. But once you meet with God, you're just going you're to hunger more and more and more after it. And so at that point in time, it's not even going to be necessarily, hey, making a time in my schedule. You're going to want to, you're going to have to discipline yourself, but make that time in your life to spend time with God. I think it's so essential. And also prayer is one of the biggest things that we have. The fact that we can communicate with God no matter where we are in our life is an amazing, amazing thing. And I think we yep. take it for granted a lot in our lives. I know that I do. I know that, you know, because I've been able to pray my entire life, wherever I am, behind the wheel of my car or sitting here with you guys, I can pray at any time. And I think we take that for granted, but it is so essential for your relationship with God. I truly believe that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just want to like chime in there, you know, because prayer, prayer is, prayer should be a priority in our walk with God. It really should be. I mean, I kind of like the, think of it this way. You know, we put a time, we put aside time for things that we like to do. You know, we we invest in relationships. You know, our spouse, our families. You know, we, we invest and we spend time in our games. I, I mean, I know right now everybody is grinding New World. I Let's mean, you go. can't tell me you don't have time when I see all you guys playing <laughs> New World. And you're like, what level are you? Oh, I'm already at 60. Well, have you prayed? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so, so see, we have time. We have time. When we want to do something, you know, we, we, we use that time. We make it a priority. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're making prayer a priority and, yeah. and find that room to pray, you know, And the second part of that question where it says, you know, how much time, you know, on my wall, I I have the scripture, you know, first Thessalonians 517. I got a lot of scriptures on my wall, but you know, I got this one and you know, it says, you know, it's nice and easy, nice and easy there. It says pray continually or pray without ceasing, you know, depending on on what translation, you know, you're reading there. But basically, you know, we should be praying all the time. We should be. You know, it's something that it shouldn't be like, okay, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, an hour. It should be something that we're continuously doing. Yeah. You know, when you're, you're commuting to work, when you're sitting at your desk, when you're, you know, just sitting down to lunch, you know, just it should be constantly, should be in prayer, you know? And I mean, I like to look at this way if you want your relationship with God to grow, you need to put time to it. You need yeah. to, you need to pray. I mean, if I didn't talk to my kids, if I didn't talk to my spouse, what's going to happen to our relationship? It's not going to grow. It's not. 5%. And so we got to take every chance that we can get. And I know sometimes it feels like life is busy. I get it. I'm a mom of six kids. You know, it, it can, it can get a little overwhelming, but you still got to make that time. We don't want a yep. relationship to suffer. You know, relationships will suffer. If you don't, we don't want it to suffer. So you gotta, you gotta pray without ceasing guys. Continue, continuously pray.
0: Yeah. And when you understand that, that prayer is just, it's just talking to God. It's, it's a, it's a conversation with God that makes that scripture verse of praying without ceasing just so much more practical and like understandable because some people like they think prayer is like, okay, I need to, uh, I need to set aside only this time. And then I need to wear a certain outfit and then I need to like get on my knees beside my bed, fold my hands a certain way. Well, you can't do that without ceasing. Cause like eventually like you got to leave the bedroom. You're like, you got to go to work. And so many people like misunderstand, but like it's just talking to God. So like when, when you think about talking to God, then you're like, oh, okay. So I can talk to God on like my commute to work oh, I can talk to God, like she said, like while I'm eating my lunch. You can just continually be keeping God in the forefront of your mind, talking to him, involve him in your decisions, involve him in your day-to-day actions and pray without ceasing. But there are gonna be moments, like Pastor Boss says, where, well, both of them said, you do have to discipline yourself to carve out that time. You do have to, and, and it might not be something at first, you're like, man, I'm so excited. Like at, at first, like you just, you might have to just, discipline and say God you know what because I love you I'm going to make you a priority the things that matter to you you put on your schedule and if mm-hmm. God's not on your schedule mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself well how much does he matter to me yeah. like God doesn't get just like leftover if I have time like I mean we talk about it, first fruits and that's not a money thing it's it's a life thing God is my most important so understanding those principles in, involved in prayer there is no magic number but making it a priority to talk to God every day is, is super duper important. Next question. I feel like if I, I feel like I never have enough breathing room. If I never have enough breathing room to serve or volunteer at church, is that a bad thing? Now, that's a good question. Because a lot of people like you hear about like, we should serve the church, get involved. And then oftentimes like people can start feeling guilty or feeling better than. Like, oh, well, I'm guilty if I don't serve a church and I'm more holy if I do. And we can get this unhealthy misunderstanding. But the question is, like, if a Christian is not serving in church, like, 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 what, like what does that look like? Does that make me a bad Christian? Am I not serving God? And we're going to touch on something called seasons in just a minute. But really, I think the thing we all need to understand is, like, every follower of Jesus is called to be a servant. All of us. We're not called to put ourselves above we're actually called to put ourselves last and to serve those. The Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. What that means is we are not called to be people that are only looking to just get out of life. We're called to be people who are giving. I'm called to serve. And that doesn't even just mean like I got to serve on a team at church. That's, it's a lifestyle mentality. I am a servant. I give, I serve, I help, I see a need, I need it. I'm always looking to give. Now, of course, you got to balance that with rest and take care of yourself too. But the mindset is I'm a servant. And a big principle that I've learned over the years has really helped me understand this question is the idea between being a consumer and being a contributor. And this is so important, especially when it comes to the world of Twitch, because literally the website that we are having church on right now is designed for you to get. The website is designed for you to receive entertainment, laughter. Twitch is a place designed for you to come, and it's actually all about me. And that's okay because this is an entertainment platform. When I I go to a concert, I'm not going to the concert for you. I'm going to the concert for what I get out of the concert. And that's a perfectly fine mentality in that scenario, but it is not fine in the kingdom of God. And yeah. it's not acceptable in the family of God, the church of God. We are called not just to consume, but to contribute in every area, in my finances, in, in my words of encouragement, in my serving and volunteering in the church. I'm called to give. I'm called to contribute. And the analogy I always think of is like, is like a guest that's coming to your house. Right. The reality is, if, if you invite some people over for the weekend, like if they're just coming over, like people coming out of town, man, you, you're going to have the, the bed made for them. You're going to have folded the sheets. You're going to do the dishes. You're going to make the food. You're going to clean the house where they get there. You're going to contribute all of it. You're going to contribute all of it. I, I'm just going to I'm just going to contribute, contribute, and they're going to come consume. They're going to eat the food I made, sleep in the bed that I made, all that stuff. And that's appropriate for for a weekend. But if you're going to live in my house for six months, boy, you better do some dishes. <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> It's time you, like, if you're going to stay here, and all that, like, if you're going to become a part of the family, we, we all got to contribute. We all got to contribute. And this mindset of not being a servant is destructive to churches because then people come in and all they want to do is take, 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 take without ever giving of their time, of their, of their finances. And then we wonder, like, why, why, isn't the more, why isn't there more ministries that exist? Well, why aren't there more experience groups? Or, or why doesn't the church have more money to do this? Well, because so many people come in and just, they just take. But they don't want to yeah. give. And mm-hmm. literally what we do is we eat the church alive. We literally we eat the leaders alive. We eat the church alive. And so I, I would challenge every single person. If you're a follower of Jesus, really that word is synonymous with servant. And so that means I'm always asking God how can I serve? How can I serve? How can I be involved? How can I help? How can I give? How can I volunteer? Whatever it might be. But as a practice followers of Jesus, I believe in some way, shape or form should be looking to be a servant. hundred percent.
1: But what chime in there is that, you know, I know we should definitely, we should definitely be a servant. And I know in my own personal life, you know, as a mom, there was a point where I couldn't serve. But my heart was to serve. Like I I love serving. You know, it's it's the extrovert in me. It's it's you know, the you know, just being a part of what God is doing. I love to serve. And so my desire, you know, was to serve when I had little kids, but I gotta tell you, I couldn't. I couldn't. And so it's a heart thing, you know. I mean, if your heart is is there to serve, but you can't for whatever reason it is, maybe you had a baby, maybe you have young kids, whatever reason it could be, that's understandable. But your season will come. I mean, I had yeah. to be patient. I had to be really patient because, you know, I got six kids. And so, you know, <laughs> took a little bit longer than I'd like. But, you know, in this season, God is definitely, I feel like God is using me, you know, and I feel blessed by it. And so it's, you know, your season, it might not be your season to serve in that way. I mean, you can still serve by praying. I mean, we all can pray. Come on. Mm, come on. <laughs> we need it. We can all pray. But maybe you just can't like, you know, be on a team because you don't have time. But that's okay. Your, your season will come.
0: Yeah. And Mama Higgs, I, I love what you said a little bit earlier. Um, you said something that I thought was so beautiful. You said, you know, during that season, if you guys don't know Mama Higgs has six kids. So like when she said had like, like, in Korea, you know, I guess as a house full of small kids running around lots of noise, like it's, it's, it's a lot to handle. And so you know, she talks about that season. Well, I, I couldn't I couldn't serve in, in that season. But you said something so beautiful earlier in that season, God was calling me to serve my children.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that it's just it's a beautiful mindset. But the reality is, because she stopped volunteering in church for that time didn't mean she stopped being a servant. It just, it just looked different. Amen. And so that's where people start feeling guilty. Like, Oh, well, I, I couldn't serve on experience group leader uh, during this time, or I couldn't, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Well, I guess I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm bad or I guess I'm not as holy as other people. No. What, what's God calling you to do in, in that season? And your idea, servanthood is a, it's a principle of being, it's, it's, it's not just the method of how you serve. It's, it's my heart is all about serving. And so I I just want you to be free. Like right now, you might not be signed up to be a volunteer, but the question is why? If you know in your heart, I'm not volunteering because I don't feel like it, or I just want to consume and not contribute, or, um, you know, maybe I'm doubting my gifts, right? We, we can help walk you through that and train you and equip you to become all that God's created you to be. But it's all about the why. So it's not just like you're not serving a church or bad, you're serving a church or good, right? Because you could be serving a church because it makes you feel proud of yourself. Like, oh, well, look at me, I'm serving a church. That's the wrong reason to serve. You should probably stop serving. Like, it, so it's not, it's not even about the method. If you're doing it just to puff yourself up, that's bad too. It's all about the why. The principles, yes, Christians should serve, what that looked like, that will change depending on the season. Next question, diving in. How much breathing room should I make to spend time with my family?
1: Oh, can I I feel like I should take this? Dive hard in, Mother Higgs. As, Mama Hicks. as the, the family pastor.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but seriously, you know, I think this is a great question, you know, especially, you know, being being a mom you know, I want to make sure that I'm always, always spending time with my family and investing in them. You know, I look at it this way. It's God first, God first, then my spouse and, and, you know, and then my kids and then others. And I'm sorry guys in the chat and stuff, you you do come below God and my family. I'm sorry. I love you all, but that's, that's how it should be guys. In your life, it should be God first, you know, your spouse and then your kids, but you got to make sure, you know, that you are, like you're investing in them. You know, I know life can get busy. I get that life, life does get busy, you know, Things can be thrown at you, and there's always, always going to be something to do. Don't put yeah. off investing in your kids' day. Saying, "Oh, I'll get to it," because there's always going to be something that can come up. There's always going to be a job that pops up, a, a task, or just something, you know. But we only have our kids for a short time. We do. It's something you know that I've learned. Like you know, I, my daughter, she got married last year. She moved out. <laughs> you know, now she lives with me. <laughs> she
0: does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she <really> does. <laughs> but you know. It just, it just, it's a reality check of wow, time does go by really fast, and you need to make the impact while you have your kids. You know, I we can't do what the the Bible says in Proverbs twenty two six, where it says, "Train up a child in the way they should go, even when they're old, they'll not depart from it." You can't do that if you're not investing in them, if you're not taking time and, and spending time with your kids, you know, and instilling, you know, Christ like values in them. You're gonna miss that opportunity. You may you may miss the job that God has given you, you know, God has God has tasked us with as parents, you know, to to train up those children. And it's a short time we have them. So we gotta do a good job at it. So you should be, you should make make sure you spend, you know, as much time as your family as you can, you know, you know, your spouse too, your spouse, don't don't forget them. (laughs) You know, it's important to invest in that, in that marriage too. So it's really, really important, you know, because we need to make sure we're investing, encouraging them, supporting them, loving them, and being, being the Christ like example to them.
2: I've got nothing on Mama Higgs when it comes to the amount of kids I have, but I have two wonderful girls. and Obviously, I've been in ministry for for quite a while, over a decade, and I'm constantly relearning what this means for me and my family, what this means, uh, what does this look like? And one of the things I just want to really point out from even Mama Higgs is that Pastor Tammy made something very, very clear that... We need to prioritize the fact that we have the responsibility on us to train up our kids the way they should go. And I truly believe that even in a marriage covenant, that as a wife or a husband, we have a, a key responsibility to encourage each other towards Jesus. Otherwise, we're kind of just a weight on each other. And so if we're going to be doing that, we need to make sure there's time to do that. And so that's super important. Um, to make sure that we are the key encourager in our family's lives. And you should always be thinking of that. That should be a competitive thing. Try to be competitive with your encouragement. I think that's a great, uh, just a point of view to look there. But in the same sense too, when I'm looking at my family, we have this weird thing that we've kind of created in culture. I hear it in Christian culture all the time, but you hear it, you know, in whether it's Eastern religions, like Hinduism, whatever it may be, like you hear this idea of you need to find the balance. You see it in Star Wars, right? Like, find the balance. Um, like, if you've ever been on a balance beam and you're not trained on how to do it, you're probably going to fall off. And even when you are trained how to do it, you're going to fall off. Even the best in the world, Simone Biles, she fell off. All right, There's no matter what happens, you're never going to have complete balance. But what we can always have is people that call themselves Christians that said, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. You have then been filled with the Holy Spirit, which means you have a, a, a compass, a guide, and the Holy Spirit can be your guide to be able to direct you to what's important. So I want you to take that word balance and throw it out of your dictionary and replace it with focus. And I want you to focus in on whatever the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do. Because if you do that and you do that well, I truly believe in my whole heart that your family will be taken care of. So there's going to be seasons where it does not look very fair in terms of balance, right? Yeah. God's balancing beam must look much differently than the way we see it. And so if God is calling you to focus on something, hey, TJ, uh, Daylight, your, your, your daughter, Aria, she needs your focus today. I don't care what else is going on. I don't care that there's people messaging them. Your daughter needs you today. I'm gone. I'm, I'm not sorry. I love you, but I'm gone because I'm going to do whatever the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. So throw the word balance out, replace it with focus. Christine Kane said this one time when I was at a conference. She said, If God is smart enough and so creative and great that he's willing to direct us and we're willing to trust him into directing us into our call, why aren't we allowing him to direct us to minister to our family? If he's directing us how to minister to others, why wouldn't he also be able to, as the God of the universe, be able to direct us to minister to our family when they need it? Yeah. And so focus, follow the Holy Spirit.
0: So important. And it's and it's such a great conversation because we start getting into the idea of balance and, and balance has been romanticized for a long time. It's like, it's basically become a, a spiritual word, right? And the reality is like, when you really start breaking down so many people, they just really start feeling guilty because they feel like they're not achieving perfect balance all the time. Yeah. Like. Life doesn't always work that way. Like life isn't always every day. I go to work for eight hours, three hours with my kid, an hour and a half of housework, 45 minutes with my wife. And then and then like that just every day, there's a great ratio. That's just not how life actually plays out. And it's okay. Like focus is so important. Understanding seasons are so important. There at least like when you just have a brand new baby, your intimate, you know, alone time with your wife, it's going to go way down. And that's okay, because now we've, we, have a, we have a focus. Like we have had a brand new baby. Like right now, this is going to get a majority of our attention. Now we still need to be in tension to be together, but it's not going to be like it used to be. It's yeah. different. But that doesn't mean you did something wrong. It just means right now in this season, our focus is different. And following that Holy Spirit and that guidance and understanding, man, if, if I don't have a perfect ratio of balance every single day, it's actually okay because life doesn't actually work that way. Where is God calling my focus today? God might, call you to go, God might call you to go on a missions trip for a week without your kids. And that week, your balance of being a parent can be way off. But that's okay. Because you, you were following the Holy Spirit's guiding in that season. Now you're not going to ban your kids forever. But you're going to go for that one week because the, God called you to focus on this. But the next week, he might call you to focus on your kids, focus on your marriage. And even in the seasons of busyness, if we're following the Holy Spirit's leading, we will be taking the right steps that he wants us to make. Yeah. And so I, w- I kind of want to relieve some of that pressure because I hear that all the time talking to people. Oh, I feel like I'm not balanced. And now obviously balance within reason. Some people's lives are you know, way out of whack and let's, let, let's bring them in a little bit. But sometimes I feel like we're trying to achieve something that at times actually isn't possible. The perfect ratio. Yeah. It's about following the Holy Spirit. We're obsessed. We're
2: obsessed with measuring too yeah, like yeah. We just as humans we love to have a standard right to live up to and if we if we can have, put our our marks in the sand of hey i can achieve it i did it today my task list is done this might speak to you but the truth of the matter is is your life does not work like <laughs> like you guys know you go through grief you go through times of elation like life is crazy and chaotic yeah. and we're living in this crazy roller coaster and so our job is to just be listening And that's those seasons will change, but God always is in control. And so if you're tuned in, those seasons will be smoother, even though they're crazy.
0: Yeah. 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 We'll dive into the next question here. What are some good habits that I can implement to focus more time on my marriage under this theme of
3: breathing room? I'll take that one. I love marriage, right? I love my wife so much. And uh, time with your spouse is so important. I can't. I can't begin to explain how important it is because sometimes when you don't have that time or, uh, the, you know, you don't have the time that you used to have, you feel like something's been taken away from you. So I want to read for you guys comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 10. I'd like to back up what I'm about to say with scripture. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another about yourselves. Now, to give a little bit of context to this verse, it doesn't necessarily, it's not talking necessarily about you and your spouse. It's not, it's talking about you and your relationships with other people as a whole. However, your spouse is supposed to be above everything else other than god in your life you're supposed to put your spouse second and so with your spouse second this this verse really comes in handy because you should be devoting yourself to your spouse and so having that time with them is really, really, really important. And sometimes that's just dedicating, you know, maybe a, a night or two nights a week to have a date night. That doesn't mean that you ha- guys have to go out, have a fancy dinner, It but just be sitting down and playing a board game with each other or sitting down and having a good time, watching a movie, whatever that might look like. But I want to, I, I read an article this past week and I'm about to blow all of your minds. Okay. <laughs> I'm about to Blow your minds. Do the it. Article said. If you spend five and a half hours with your spouse, your connection, it's going to be stronger. I don't know who gets paid to write these things, okay? Because I could get, listen, if I could get paid to write these things, it would be amazing, all right? Obviously, your connection is going to be stronger. But they said about five and a half hours a week. But what they said, it's not just spending time with them. So the, 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 this doesn't mean that you can go and watch Endgame with them, right? Three hours. Well, I got three of my five and a half hours out of the way. No, it's like real connection time. You're really listening to them. You're yeah. really hearing right. them. You're really talking and pouring out your life and your thing. So they said about five and a half hours per week. When you do that, your connection with your spouse is going to be so much stronger. And so having that date night or a couple of date nights where you're really spending time with each other, you know, even even I I, th- I think every single couple should be doing this. Every single uh Every single husband and wife should be doing this together, having time to pray together every single day, having times to have a devotion with each other, reading through the word of God, talking with each other through different points and things like that. It's so big and it will help you through the difficult times in your marriage. And it's going to help you be able to connect with each other like you've never seen before. I truly believe that.
1: Yeah, and I kind of, I kind of chuckled when you're 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 saying there, especially when you said you love marriage, you love your wife. I'm so glad, Ray, that you love your wife. Hey, <laughs> but, so much. <laughs> you know, I, I got, I just, I second everything you you said there. You know, it's so important in a marriage, you know, be praying together. I know it's so cliche to say the couple that prays together will stay together, but guys, it's. I mean, come on. (laughs) Not only will you stay together, but you'll grow closer to God, which is just amazing. You know, date nights are are absolutely, uh, you know, a a must do. They really are. And they don't need to be expensive, guys. They don't need to be expensive. You don't need to go to the movies or out to dinner all the time. But one thing that I think is really cool in a relationship is to, you know, do things that each other likes. You know what I mean? find you those hobbies and and do it you know like my husband you no know, thermo if you I know you're down you're watching hi thermo um you know he loves cars he loves fishing racing camping things like that you know and you know you you take you take in their interest and you do those things and you know you might even find out that you like some of those interests too but you know it helps it helps with that connection together it really does i know sometimes my husband he's a research chemist i mean he will talk about things and use words that i don't even know what they mean i don't know I'm not even trying to say them because I'll mess them up. Thalamites. I don't know. No, no, I totally said it wrong. See, see, I don't know these things. I don't know. I don't know these things. But, you know, my husband, you know, he talks about it. I listen. I listen. And he listens when I talk about chickens and wanting more chickens and, you know, all this crazy stuff. So, you know, you, you, you invest in each other's interest. You do. You spend time. You, you do these things. It's part, of, it's part of marriage. And like I said, you might find you like something that you didn't think you liked before.
0: <laughs> Love it. Beautiful. Great insight. Question number six, if I feel like I never have enough time to fulfill my favorite hobbies or see my friends, is that healthy? And this question is so important because we hear this all the time. People want to do things they love, just don't have enough time. What do you guys think?
1: Oh, man. I, I, I feel like I'm hogging. I'm sorry, guys. I, if anybody, you guys who've met me, you know I'm a huge extrovert. <laughs> I keep jumping in here. Um, but as an extrovert, guys, this question it hurts my heart. It does because you know, I personally I need people. I, I need people. But I also believe, you know, as an even as an introvert, which my, my husband is an introvert, you know, you need people too. You do. You know, God made us relational beings. Yeah. He made us mm. to have these relationships, yep. you know. So basically it's not healthy, you know, to not be around friends. It's not healthy to, to just stay isolated and to stay by yourself, which is why sometimes when, when people tell me that they just, you know, they they feel isolated. I'm like, no, you need, you need to surround yourself with people. You need support. You need people in your life. Cause it's not, it's not healthy. And, you know, it's also, I'm also a big you know, believer and you need me time. You do. You need, you need to do those hobbies. You need to do things that you find fun and you enjoy. I mean, it might be new world. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. you know?
1: But you got to have that, that, that me time, you know, being with your friends, doing your favorite activity, you know, even just taking time and just breathing if you just like being outside and doing stuff like that. But we need that time. You know, it's, it, it's important. We need to make that because it refreshes us. You know, mm. and God can even use that time, yeah. you know, that, that me time, you know, to speak to us. You know, instead of being so busy, we need to make that time. And it is, it's healthy. It's healthy to be around friends and stuff too.
3: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. If if you don't have enough time to do, uh, be with people or to be able to do your hobbies as well, I I think there might be a a bigger question here is maybe, or not necessarily a question, but a bigger problem is maybe you just have too much on your plate. Right, so a lot of times you ha- you just you're doing so much, not that those things are bad things, they just might not be things that you need to do actually during this time. I remember a long time ago back when I was in high school, I was doing a million different extracurricular activities. I, I was doing karate. I was a second degree black belt in karate. I was playing football for my school for all four years. Uh, at the time, I was also, I was playing, I think I was playing golf on the side as well. I was in two different worship bands for a youth group, and I was doing, uh, I was uh, I was uh, the band president, I was in the jazz, jazz improvisation class, I was doing everything, and it got to my like one day in my life, I think I was a sophomore or a junior. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I was literally going to school and I was so overloaded with my backpack. I had my trumpet in one hand. Like I had my football equipment in my other hand. I'm walking into school. And nobody knew what to think of me because I was the jockey and the band geek at the same time. Hallelujah. Right. And I'm on two different worship teams. That, that throws everything out. You know, everybody just thought it was crazy. But anyways, I'm doing all these things and I got so busy. To the point where I, all of my time was, yes, spending with other people, but it wasn't necessarily to the capacity of what I needed. So I actually had to drop a couple of things. I dropped one of the youth groups. You might be saying, he's a bad Christian. There's a reason why I dropped one of the youth groups. There's a, that's a whole different story. But also, I, I actually dropped out of karate, which I had been doing since seven years old. Now, there were times that I regretted that. But at the same time, the thing was was I needed to do that during that time because I really need to open up some time for myself and things like that. But I think it's really healthy to be able to have time for your friends. It's very healthy to have time with your family as well. And as Pastor Tammy was just saying, it's really healthy to have me time as well, right? I, I spend me time sometimes. Yesterday, it was really, you know, my, my wife was working late last night. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to play some New World, right? So I sat down and I'm blessed because I have a PC that can play New World, right? And you might be thinking, you know, well, well yeah, you have a PC and I have a PC too. But the, what we don't understand is that if God has created literally the entire universe, he's created our minds, he's created the people who are able to put together a PC and be able to develop games and things like that, By playing a game and being able to enjoy time with yourself and be able to re-energize and things like that, that's actually glorifying God because you're enjoying in the things that he has given you to be able to enjoy in. Now, I'm not saying that you should spend all of your time playing New World or other video games and things like that. Obviously, there's other things that we need to do in life, but we need to enjoy in what, what God has given us. And then finally, yeah. another thing that's huge is um, that we can go to other people for healing. We need to, ha- God created us with the intention oh, yeah. of having relationships. He created us with the intention of having relationships. We cannot do life alone. And when James chapter uh, chapter five, verse 16 talks about going to others for healing, it's not that if I go to Pastor Susie about something and I tell him something that I'm struggling with, it's not that Pastor Susie's healing me. He's not, you yeah. know, it's the work of God, but God is using the individual that you're going to as a vessel to be able to find healing through Jesus Christ, because you're struggling with something in that moment you're struggling with. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's a sin that you're struggling with, but we have each other to cling onto. I mean, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one talks about a cloud of witnesses that we have around us. We literally have people that we need to go to all of the time to be able to do life. We need to do life together. Before we dive into the
0: next question, I kind of feel like in the moment, I feel like the Holy Spirit is trying to get a, a very direct message uh, to someone here. You know, this question is kind of phrased in the way of like, you know, is it, is it okay for me to not really be able to have time to be around other people? I just feel like someone watching right now, you, you, you've come to that truth in your mind that it's, it's okay for me to do life without other people because you've had difficult relationships. You've, you've had some past bad experiences i just feel like right now god wants to communicate to you it's not that life is better without relationships it's that life is better without those specific relationships that you had yeah yeah and god doesn't want you to write off all relationships he just wants you to get the right ones and so my prayer for you and honestly i don't i don't know who this is for but god wants some of you to start to pray god send me the right friends Send me the right relationships that will fuel my soul, that will build my faith, that will sharpen me and challenge me, make me better for your glory. God doesn't want you to, he doesn't want you to write them all off. He just wants you to know that those were difficult. Those were hard, but, but God's got a new season for you. God's got better friends for you. And, and when God sends them, sends them your way, don't treat them like the people who hurt you. Don't, don't keep your arm extended. Don't keep it. Embrace them. Welcome them in. Open up your soul, open up your heart to live life to the fullest around these people and I promise you, you'll be blessed.
3: And Next question coming in.
0: Oh, you were created to be with people, hundred percent,
3: hundred percent. And I do want to say it's really hard for a lot of people, and I I know this. Being the community care pastor, I talk to a lot of people who they just have so much hurt that they want to push everybody else away and only have very shallow relationships. And I know that it's hard to take down that wall because really, when you take down that wall and you allow your heart to be vulnerable as somebody else, you're giving this person the ability to do one of two things. You're allowing this person to either encourage you, build you up, and do and, and really take your heart and and help you through life, but you're also giving them the ability to crush it as well. And so I know a lot of you have been hurt out there, and I and I get that, and I'm sorry for those of you that have been hurt because it, it stinks. It's not easy. Yeah. But I want to tell you this: not all of your relationships need to be like that. Right. Some relationships are toxic, and I and I know that. And some of those relationships we need we need to put those things aside but there are relationships out there that God wants you to have because he knows that you need that love. Like I said, all we need relationships. God created us with the intention of desiring relationships with other people. That's why when people they're depressed, they go into a solitary experience because that's not what God created us for. He didn't create us to be in solitude. He created us to be with people. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Next question we'll dive into is how do I create breathing room if everything on my schedule is important? And so here's a real practical question. We're talking about making sure that we're healthy and not always running 100 miles a minute all the time, every single day. Like you can't live life like a, like a sprint. It's, it's a marathon. But then what do you do if everything on your schedule is like good and needs to get done and is important? And honestly, it's a hard question. And this has been the season uh, that honestly, God has been taking me through and is still currently taking me through. And I know I haven't really talked too much about it publicly, but I'm making some, some serious life changes. What I would say to that is you need to be seeking the Holy Spirit for guidance on what needs to go and what needs to stay. And here's what I'd say is you don't want to do things in your life just because they're good. You want to do things because God has assigned them to you. And, and I want somebody to really catch that today because there are a lot of us that are doing things, including myself, that are, that are good. They're helpful to people. They're they, they a blessing. <laughs> like you're, you're, not, you're not wasting time. You're not being unproductive. Like you're doing, you're doing good things. Mm. But the question I, I've been asking myself that I'd ask you, is, is this a good thing or is, a, or is it a God thing? Ha, has God asked me to do this or did I just decide to take something that God didn't ask me to do upon myself? And the reality is if you take on more assignments than God has actually asked you to carry, you will always feel heavy you will always feel burdened. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Life is not going to be easy. You are never going to be stress-free. But when we take it upon ourselves to say, that looks good, I should do it. Good is not always an indicator that it should be done. And so seek the Holy Spirit and then go through your life. That's what I'm doing. I've cut some really good things out of my life in the past few weeks. Some things that (laughs) might seem illogical. They were good. They weren't bad. But they weren't an assignment that God asked me to do. They weren't an assignment that I just signed up for for no reason. They were an assignment that I said, well, that looks good. Therefore, I should do it. And God says, no, no, no. Don't just follow what looks good. Follow what I'm guiding you to do. But then there's the other end of the spectrum leading us to our next question. Is it bad if I feel like I have too much breathing, you know? but if I'm in chat, if you if this question angers you, you're like, man, I wish I had too much. You know what I mean? But you, th- like, is is it bad for to have too much of it?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, this is a, an interesting question. It really depends on you, right? Like, it depends yeah. on who you are, where you're, the, the the season of life you're in. Yeah. Um. You know, it could boil down to like, do you, do you have disabilities? Do like, is there a, is there something physical or um, um, yeah. maybe mentally that is creating that? Um, and like in those situations, uh, of course you might, you might feel like you have too much breathing room and that's okay. It's a season of your life, or maybe it's just like the way things are. And, you know, for you as an individual, you know, whether it might be, you know, whether it be a disability or it might be depression or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, one of these longer things that, you know, isn't solved, um, maybe overnight and maybe sometimes they are, but, for the most part, if you're dealing with those kind of things, then you have to learn to live your life in a different kind of way, right? Yeah. What has God purposed me to do? Because no matter what, and I'm speaking to someone for sure, no matter what, no matter who has told you you're not capable, if God has called you, you're Oof. capable. Come
0: on. Amen. And
2: so, no matter what Come limit on. someone else has put on you, God sees you not out in that box that someone else has boxed you in. He's called you to be out of the box. And so whatever that is, don't let that limit you. I was a kid that was in speech classes. I had a really hard time. I was literally laughing with some friends the other night just because I was saying words so wrong. And it comes out when I'm tired now because I'm just being lazy with my speech. But when I was a kid, like I I could not formulate sentences correctly. And I could never imagine that I would be speaking in front of a camera to, to people online, or I would be speaking on a stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people, whatever it might be. God does not see how we see things. Yeah. He sees yeah. you very differently. That's and right. so you need to drill down to what has God called you to do? What does he purposed you to do? And live to the best of your ability that. And if you're doing that, you'll never have too much breathing room. You'll have just enough. And then I want to talk about things like, maybe you're just a little lazy. You know <laughs> what I mean? Maybe you're enjoying a little bit too much of that breathing room and you've been enjoying it for too long. And uh, I think, you know, Thermo might have my back on this one. Uh, something that is it, – it stays at rest or something that is at rest will stay at rest. Yeah. And something in motion will stay in motion. And so if you're lazy, you need to pull your bootstraps up, you know, get moving on something. And, you know – there's some people in, in, the, uh, in the motivational world that tell you, you know, just start with one thing, make your bed in the morning, you know, yeah. just whatever it might be, whatever it is, you need to start rolling the ball and you realize this might be for you today. You need to start thinking in those terms. Okay, it's time. It's time. Maybe I've spent 20 years just yeah. being lazy and it's time to, it's time to start moving
3: yeah.
2: um, because you, you could, you could die a life of, uh, of laziness of just never really accomplishing what God has purposed you to do. And so your purpose, you have a purpose. And so maybe you're seeking out what's next. Maybe you're in this weird transition season Um, that could 100% be. And sometimes you just got to embrace the season. Maybe God's preparing you for a task that's going to be really difficult. And every runner would tell you before they prepare for a marathon that there is they don't run marathons until they get to the marathon. They run a very specific schedule and then they have a rest day and then they to build them up, to be able to do that great task. And God might be doing that for you. Yeah. And so embrace the seasons God has in you. Listen to the Holy spirit. There's a theme here, friends, there's seasons, there's focus, there's spirit guidance. There's a theme.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: And so another thing, like I want to add to that is, are you failing to achieve the purpose God has called you to do? And if you are, you need to redirect yourself. And the only way you're going to do that is getting alone with God. Yeah. Um, Prayer is essential. Yeah. It is the most important thing within your relationship. Mm. Uh, it's what creates the connection between you and God, and what will allow you to be able to extend that connection into your life. Yeah, and so super essential, super important. So, uh,
0: man, I, I just feel like God wants to just harp on that right there, man. Like yeah. getting, getting in prayer and seeking Amen. God Amen. for your purpose. Amen. Uh, we just, we you know, we, we talk with so many people, and and it's a common question. Like God, what's my purpose? God, what should I be doing next? God, what's my direction? And I, I normally almost ask the question, like, are, are you praying and seeking God? And normally, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times the, the answer is no. And when, when we live that way, really what we're saying is I'm frustrated that I don't have an answer to a question I'm not asking. And get alone with God and, and, and seek his face. Oh, well, I, I spent I spent a few minutes. He didn't answer me. Well, spend some more minutes. Because if you have, if you have, if you know, if you're not fulfilling your purpose and, and that's why you have all this free time, well then you got more free time to be praying and seeking the face of God. Be be right. asking him, God, I want to get how hungry are you for him to speak to you? How yes. hungry, how desperate are you for your purpose to say my calling? God, what should I do? And getting alone with God, Patsy is nailing you right there. Get getting alone and, and praying and seeking the face of
2: God. So, so talked with a young man who was going through something like this. And yeah. he, he looked at me and said, You know, I'm praying, I'm seeking God. I'm see, I'm trying to figure this out. And I said, you're not praying. Like, it's as simple as that. You're, you're not taking the time. Well, well, I, I do sometimes. And like, it, it opened up patterns. So like, it that's changing, what we naturally right? say. Yeah, yeah we yeah, naturally yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm active on this. I'm really paying attention. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, like, spend some time with God. You want things to change? Chat, you want things to change community? You want things to change God's white church? You need to pray. You need to seek God's face.
0: That? <laughs> you're one of the people that like i'm seeking god I'm, I'm praying and fasting and so like break down that fast for me you're like Af- after i eat lunch i don't eat until dinner it's like <laughs> 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 and, and and we just want to encourage all of you just and this is what our church is going to be going through calling us back to prayer amen seeking god what's his will mm. but kind of leading us into that that next question then you have people that they feel like well i, well, I do have enough time to think and spend time with god i just feel like i'm not doing it right like i don't know how to like go about this whole prayer grow with god like what do you guys think that maybe a time for us to grow in our relationship like what does that actually look like for
1: people Mm -hmm. see see i love this question because so many times obviously we hear i don't have time i don't have time for god how do i make time but this person is legit like hey i got the time i got this (laughs) time but you know they're being genuine i just want to know how do i spend it and i love I love that, that, that genuineness, you know, I just want to know how is the right way to do it? How should I spend time with God? And, you know, we'll start off with the practical one here. One you just heard that is so super important is prayer time, prayer time, spending prayer with God. I mean, that is our communication as we're talking to you right now, you know, in your, I see the people in the chat, you know, we're communicating. We are, but that's, yeah. that's, we have, we have communication. We have access. We have a 24 seven hotline to God anytime. Amen anytime. And it's necessary. It is necessary to build your relationship with God. You know, people think it's funny when they hear my, uh, my prayer closet story. <laughs> so now y'all are going to hear it, <laughs> but it, it started a long time ago. You know, I needed, I needed a place to really just press in and pray with God, pray and spend time with God and just seek his face. You know, so many times we're seeking, you know, answers, but we're not investing that time. We're not really communicating with God. Even the chat, I heard someone say, Hey, well, you know, I'm, 15. Is this, you know, is this my calling? What do I hear my calling now? Pray about it and continuously pray until you get clear. Yeah. So you need my, my prayer closet. I, it was a place, it sounds weird. I it was in my room. You know, I, I like I said, I got six kids. I needed quiet. You
0: need a space. <laughs> yep.
1: You needed space. And so I would go in there, I put a sign on the door and they knew not to come in. Don't bother me unless it's an emergency, you know, cause I'm talking to the father. Mm. <laughs> don't, don't come in. And mm. so, that was my, I made that, that place. That was my, my place, you know, to to press in and communicate with God. It it blocked out all of the other distractions. You know and that's that's a good thing too is to get away from distractions, turn off Twitch. You know, I'm sorry, I just said that, uh, you know, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> turn off. It's not, not right now, but not not, right not yeah, after right, it. Not right <laughs> now, but, but, you know,
1: I know, I know a lot of you gamers got like three or four streamers going at one time. Okay, yep. I can only focus on one, I don't know how y'all do it, but I everybody has like the streams up and this and that, and you know. Turn off the distractions, not now, but when you're spending time with God, you know, when you're praying, you know, make yourself be alone with God and, and pray. That's what builds the relationship. And I know it sounds so practical, but it is, you know, it's just communication. Just like you would be talking to me one-on-one, you're talking to God one-on-one. And I'm telling you, when you're sitting there and you're praying, it is, it's powerful. You don't want to stop. Like, like Pastor Ba said earlier, you don't want to stop because you're alone. Yeah. There's no distractions. You're in the presence of God. And I, you know, I'm just telling you guys, we need to work on our prayer lives. We do. So many times we're, we're saying, mm-hmm. I want to get an answer for this. I want to answer for that. Are you praying though? Are you praying without ceasing like 1 Thessalonians 5:17 says? Are you continually seeking God on that? And we need to do that. And I mean, you know some other practical things. Obviously reading your Bible. You know, that is God's instruction book for life. Mm. Not even just that, it's God's promises. Yeah. You know, no matter yeah. what you're going through, yeah. guys, he's got promises in there for each and every one of you. I and mean, you, got, you got anxiety, man, there are so many promises and that how he's going to help you with anxiety. Amen. You know, you got depression, you got bipolar, you know, you're, you're lonely, you know, you're dealing with grief, anything, anything that you could say to us right now, God has got a promise for you in his word. You just got to open it. And you just got to look. And so I'm encouraging you, pray, read your word, and even worship. And the worship may look different for all of us. You know, I like, I like to put the worship music on and just spend some time with God. Some people, when they worship, they just want to sit in silence and just wait to hear from God. It looks different for everyone, but it's a time to just put aside for God. Again, no distractions, just, just you and God. You just got to make sure that we're spending our time to draw closer to God, growing in that relationship. And it happens by spending, spending that time with him.
0: Amen. Amen. Pastor Tammy, thank you for those words of wisdom. That was good stuff. Praise God. Friends, we're going to wrap up with our last question. This one is a little bit more personal about someone's specific situation. Obviously, no names are being shared, of course. But thank you for a person who was vulnerable enough to send in this situation. They said, what do you do if you already have made breathing room in your own life, but everyone you know has not done the same? I feel like I'm spending so much energy maintaining shallow relationships with family that I really do care about them but who can't make the time for me other than on things like holidays. And with that comes things like depression. Cause I feel like I'm just not worth hanging out with
2: and mm.
0: those kind of situations. Pastor Trigio, what do you think we do? Man? Yeah.
2: So this is obviously you're being very vulnerable and we appreciate your vulnerability. Um, I think that's actually a key to the depth of being able to root out some things in your own heart, but also to create deep relationships with people. Um, yeah. And so there's, there's a couple of things here to break down. Like, you know, you put the word family in there. So I feel like I'm wasting so much energy and can't maintain or maintain shallow relationship with the family, but apart from family, family, friends, whatever it looks like, whatever that relationship looks like, um, you need to identify what that relationship looks like. Is that a a relationship where this person is going to give back to me? Or is that a relationship where they're not supposed to? Like it doesn't make that person bad, but it's not their job to invest in you maybe, or it's not your job to invest in them. So it's the difference between like a mentor relationship or a mentee relationship or a mutual relationship, right? Where we do, we do give to each other and You have to identify those things. I've met some great men of God, great women of God who are doing their own thing. They just, they they can't take the time to be on the same level that I want them to be with me. And that's all right. You have to find out who God's calling you to be around and the people that are called to fill you up and the people that you're called to fill up. And I think you need to kind of remap the way you see your relationships with people. Um, and so your family's a little bit different, right? But there's still some family members that might drain you and there's other family members that fill you up. And so you might have the same effect on someone else. You know, I say this all the time that you're called to love everyone, you're not called to like everyone. Yeah. Because sure. the truth of the matter is is like it's just it doesn't make sense. Like I, I personally don't like certain ways people act. Doesn't mean they're bad, doesn't even mean they're bad ways they act. Like I just don't like it. It's just not something that for me, and that's okay. But it kind of separates the idea of like, maybe that's someone like I shouldn't be trying to spend time with. Or maybe they don't want to spend time with me because they just don't like my personality. And that's all right. You have to be comfortable in your skin and be and, and say that that it's okay. It's okay that someone might not like me. Um, but I just wanted to hit on that. I think that's important. Uh, but to break this specific uh, situation down is I wanted to focus in on something I think this question asks pretty pretty intently, just the way it's worded, I think it reveals a deeper issue. The first part of your question reveals an unmet expectation, right? You're expecting someone to to spend time with you. And then, um, and when they don't meet that expectation, the second part of your question reveals that's where you place your value. Mm -hmm. uh, Because of the way that it, it accentuates in your life, right? The way that it shows in your life is that then it comes with depression feeling like I'm not worth hanging out with. And so I'm not, you know, putting my thumb on you or anything like that. I just want to reveal some things that I think this question's speaking. So if you're in the chat, I hope you you get something out of this and I pray that God reveals some things. And so I would think it might be safe to assume that when people don't meet your expectations, it's because you place your value in what others do and you're left with the feelings and the way that you do right and so you place so much expectation on people when it's unmet and it doesn't happen the way that you want it to your values diminish because your value is placed somewhere that can't be held up right people will fail us if we place our value in people we're going to be left hurt and hindered and in, in, a, in a terrible mess often. And so one of the things that I would encourage you to do is the answer to your question is to do the next right thing for you. Stop focusing on others and focus on yourself. And there's a great scripture verse for that. Before I hit that, I want to talk about your values in Jesus. Amen. And so Amen. I, want to, I want to get there as well. And so in Matthew 7, 3, it says, why do, you, why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eyes but don't notice the beam in your own eye? Uh, speaking even more deeply to to your value, it's already been placed on you. Do you know how much that price tag was? Like, do you know that, that like your value doesn't come from what other people say, but how much you actually cost? We all have a price tag on us and it's not with money. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus. And when I say blood of Jesus, for those that are unfamiliar with that terminology, is God sacrificed himself on a cross to be able to, reconcile a hurt relationship. There was a brokenness that was between human humans and God. And Jesus died so that that could be mended. So when we say his blood was shed, that's what we're talking about. And so the price tag on you is his blood. And so God's placed the vo- price tag on you and purchased you. He said you're worthy and he purchased you with that blood, that that sacrifice. And it showed that You matter, that you have a far more extreme value than any price could ever put on you or any person could put on you, because God placed a price tag that's invaluable, a restored relationship with Him. And so in 1 Peter 1 18 through through 19, it says, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. The story of the gospel is very simple. Jesus came to this earth, became fully man, must still be fully God, lived a blameless life to be the perfect sacrifice to mend a relationship that was broken between humans and God. And if you're willing to put your faith in him, if you're willing to say, yes, God, you can be the Lord of my life, that I will accept the gift that you've given that gift of grace, then you can have this life we've been talking about, this spirit-filled life, this spirit-guided life. And God wants to do tremendous, unmeasurable things in you and through you. Your purpose matters. And God wants to continue to use you to do great things. But you'll never know your purpose unless you spend time with the king. You'll never be able to spend time with the king unless you accept him into your heart. You were made for a purpose that is eternal. Amen. And you were built to be eternal. Chad, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for, for, for everything that, that we've talked about today. I just want to pray that God would do something amazing in your heart today, that you would catch on. If one of these things hits you, if just one of these things activates you to take a step closer to God, I think we've done an incredible job if just you get one thing out of this. Amen. Because God wants to do great and unimaginable things. Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you, Lord, and we are so thankful for your goodness. We're thankful that you are the King of Kings, that you are the creator of our lives, that Lord, you did send your son to this earth so that he could repair a relationship that was broken. Yes, Lord. I thank you for every single person in this chat, every single person that's called themselves a, a, a community member. In God squad church, every person that's visiting today, every person that's looking for a new home, every person seeking, I pray God, you would allow scales to fall off of our eyes today so that we could truly see what it is that you have. Lord, I pray you would do unimaginable things, things that only you can do the miraculous in our lives, God. I pray, Jesus, that every person here would know they're more than a number. They're not just a a name tag across the Internet. They mean something. They have purpose. And, Father, you wish to have such a deep, deep relationship with them. I pray all these things in your holy name because you're a great God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said?
0: Amen. 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 Well, friends, we hope you have been blessed by our God talk today. Thank you so much for our lead team for answering some amazing questions. But hey, here's the deal. We never, ever, ever want to be able to leave without giving you opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. We don't just want you to get a bunch of information and learn a bunch of stuff. I mean, we want to see lives being changed. And we believe that the greatest decision that any of us could ever make is by saying yes to follow Jesus. And you just heard a story of what that means, that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. And three days later, he rose from the grave. And no matter who you are, no matter what walk of life, no matter what country you're watching, like I'm literally looking at the names of the chat, no matter where you're from, Jesus has died to forgive you and save you and give you hope and a future and a new life. He loves you today. Despite your past, despite the sins that I have done, he invites us to be a part of his family. And today we want to invite you to accept that invitation to say yes, to follow Jesus. And what does that mean? That means taking a second right now just to pray. And it's not that these words are magical, but it's a decision you're making right now to say, Jesus, I'm going to put my trust in you and to make you my Lord and my Savior. If today you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I'd encourage you to pray this prayer. Repeat this after me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. And I ask you today, God, to forgive me of my sins. And I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me, God, to love you and to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, will you put your hands together, put some hype in the chat to celebrate those that we believe yes today are saying yes to follow Jesus. hey, maybe you're saying yes to follow Jesus literally right now in this moment. Hey, would you be bold and say yes in the chat if you prayed that prayer? We wanna celebrate with you. Whether you're watching a VOD or whatever it might be, We wanna celebrate with you that you have just made the best decision in your life to say yes to follow Jesus. So here's the deal. Hey, whether you're saying yes right now or in our other services, congratulations to you. So exciting. Here's the deal. We wanna give you some next steps. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? So we're gonna go ahead and put a next level link in the chat. If one of you guys could click that X page point, next level. Hey, click that and fill out that form. With as much information as you're comfortable we want to have one of our pastors reach out to you just let you know hey we're praying for you can we resource you and connect you and figure out as a church hey how can we stay connected and how can we serve you and in that you're going to see it's going to give you a little explanation about hey we're like what does it mean to pray what is it how do i start reading the bible what does it mean to follow god's command to be water baptized like some of this stuff can be confusing and we want to walk alongside you and help you understand what some of that means. We don't just wanna throw you in the deep end and expect you to swim. Hey, we wanna be alongside you. So go ahead connect with us, get involved in our Discord. You're gonna hear about that in a minute, but we wanna walk alongside you and to see you becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus and be engaged in our community. And friends, these moments, they're exciting, but these moments are not possible without all of our contribution to the kingdom of God. And here's the deal. I wanna say a massive thank you to every single one of you who are making God Squad Church possible through your financial giving. This is not just something that we do so we can support an organization and keep things running. This is a part of our worship. It's a part of our trusting God. God, I am trusting you in my finances. Because I trust and love you, I will give. But it is a part of our contribution. The day-to-day work of this ministry is impacting lives around the world for the glory of God. People are saying yes to follow Jesus. And even the things that you don't see, the conversations off-stream, the conversations throughout the week, where people are being ministered to. You are making that possible. So our staff, our leaders, and pastors can minister to people around the world. And I would encourage you to continue to do so. Maybe today you've never chosen to trust God with your finances. And maybe today is your day. Take that step of faith. Don't wait till Waymaker Week. Start right now to say, yes, I will be a contributor. I will be generous. and I will give to God as an act of my worship. No matter how much you're giving, we wanna say thank you, thank you so much, friends. God bless you as you give.
3: Here at God's Watch Church, there are
2: multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can give by clicking on the panel below to give a one-time or monthly donation via card or PayPal. You can also go to our website, godsquadchurch.com give and set up a one-time or monthly donation of any amount. Lastly, you can text any amount to the number 84321 to set up a quick and easy way to give. Because of you, we are able to share the gospel with gamers around the world. No matter what amount you're giving, thank you for your generosity.